Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and this weekend I spent my time on the dock of the bay wasting time on the shores of, of Maryland. <laughs> hey, no better way to do it. And I am the Champ, and in a baseball game last night between the Mets and the Marlins, I saw an ambidextrous pitcher. Oh, yeah, that's right. I heard about this. Is he good? Yeah, Is he um, any good? His, his name is Pat Venditti. Okay. For the Marlins, it was actually it was actually pretty cool because I'm watching the Marlins and uh, Mets on MLB TV, and you know I, I guess I'd heard about people pitching left-handed and right-handed, but never had seen that. Two things that I thought was really cool. Number one is um, he has a glove that can fit on either hand, so it's hinged kind of in two places for the different hands. And I guess he has to announce if he's going to pitch left-handed or right-handed once the batter comes in. You can't keep switching back and forth. And the other thing was, in his p- pitching performance, he hit a batter both left-handed and right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he forgot which way to turn his wrist. <laughs> so the ball, the ball took off on him. Okay. Uh, it, so how was, how was the dock of the bag? It was good. Uh, are you familiar with uh, the eastern shore of Maryland? Uh, very little. I had a conference down there last August, um, down on Kent Island. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Are you that far down? Yeah. Well, Christy and I have hit most of the the little towns. Um, Habit of Grace is probably our favorite. It's, you know, okay. it's, uh, it's, they're small, they're quiet, um, great seafood, and, you know, you're, you're by the water, and, and it's something that that we enjoy. We probably go down once a month and, um, that we spent a, we spent two days down there this weekend. We got back, uh, this afternoon, uh, and we were in Chestertown, Maryland today. It's a college town actually. Um, but I, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Washington, Washington college, Washington college. Uh, doesn't look like the students are coming back. There wasn't any activity at the school, but, um, yeah, very colonial historic, and, um, yep. yeah, we went to two different places. Uh, we had like lunch and, uh, on the water. Then we went back, walked around the town a little bit and, and then, uh, went out and had dinner yeah, at night, uh, on the water. So yeah, I, re- I really like nice. the Eastern shore. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Good so deal. it was a fun time. Um, so you got anything new this, this, uh, this week it, it it's been smoking hot here in Pennsylvania would yeah um no it's just you know continue to, to work a little bit less and less outdoors because because of the heat but uh you know I, I still don't mind it too much um weather's been good but uh you know we just I don't know um just need to get out of this whole pandemic coronavirus thing but I I fear that's going to get worse before it gets in, in, any better well, just hang on. We got about three years of this because no one follows rules. <laughs> <laughs> just be patient. Yeah. Uh, but th- I do. That's what I, Christy and I like about the Eastern Shore. People follow the rules. I mean, people are wearing masks on the street. Uh, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, 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 it's very comfortable here. Uh, you know, here we're having protests in Lancaster. Um, you know, it's my right not to wear a mask. And I'm thinking, you drive a potato chip truck. What the hell you know about wearing a mask or not? <laughs> like, why we should wear a mask? <laughs> Jeez, oh, man. Yeah, well, 
Well, well you, you know what? And I think uh, if we kind of look back, um, last night, um, Terry and I had planned to stay um, up toward, um, um, guys, I, I think it's considered, is it Easton or Allentown? Yeah. Um, not real. Bethlehem, I guess it really is, at the Music Fest. We were planning to do that. And then, um, as our, um, our guest today will tell you, we were planning to go out. The Bush League trip was going to be out to, uh, to L.A. Yeah. Um, and we were planning to fly out this Thursday. So I was going to so bring... Those are the kind of things that you miss. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up. So uh, our guest today is uh, Tom Fries, um, owner of the Bearcats, uh, and the pandemic name is the Verocious Squirrels. Uh, Tom, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Tom. Hey, where are you at now? You at home or are you on the road somewhere? No, I am at home. Okay, all right. I, I thought yeah. I, I thought maybe you were traveling. Um, so it's it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked to you. What, what have you been up to? I think I think it was July third or something. I was at the beach at the time. Um, uh, I've gotten home and I've worked ever, ever since. Uh, we don't go anywhere. Um, basically, I have my routine. I get up. I start work at six. I get off at four i'm working in the basement um thursdays i go or fridays i go to the market in the state store and saturdays <laughs> i go to the beer store and that's about it that's my day <laughs> so and michelle and i drank quite a bit so there's two different <laughs> there's two different trips you got to make one is to the state store the other is the beer store you cannot do them on the same trip or it's just it's not your routine well i gotta tell you there are days there are weeks that i go both days friday and saturday <laughs> Well, I would. That's another good thing about the Eastern Shore of Maryland because there are no state stores. I, I'm pretty much. There's places that we've bought wine and beer there where you can also buy hot dog, lottery tickets, ice cream. So it's, yeah, and it's uh, it, it's got a lot of uh, choices. Um, so you said you're working in the basement. Are you working from home or the basement in the building that which you work in? No, I'm working from home. We oh. are home until through the end of the year. Okay. So we're wow. not not even thinking about going in to yeah. the office. Do you like it? Wait, you, you guys. The last time the last time we talked you said you don't like working from home. How are you adjusting? I think uh, I've adjusted pretty well. I'm I'm pretty comfortable now. I may be at the point where I don't want to go back. So <laughs> I, I still don't really like it cuz I like the change. I actually get up in the morning. I put on work clothes. Okay. And when I'm, I'm when I'm finished work, I take them off and change into something different, just to have that transition. Like I'm okay. yeah. not sitting at home working. So hey, hey, hey Tom, wait, wait, let me just interrupt for a second, Raj. Um, so one of the things that I had mentioned, um, and we talked about this on a podcast ago, is that you know people talk about working from home, but I, I think the way somebody else um, framed it was that you're almost living at work. Is that one of the reasons why you might not like working from home? I'm, you know, I'm, my job is I'm always available. I'm really, really, really always available now because I okay. never actually log off. I'm always there. I mean, I can be on and working in three minutes. And so there's no, it's very hard to, uh, separation is very hard. Okay. And I, I I would much rather have that separation. Sure, understood. So, sorry, Raj. This week was going to be our trip to uh, Los Angeles to see the Dodgers. Um, 
and I'm assuming you were planning to go, right? Yes, I was planning to go, yes. Um, so with, with this going on and with you being careful about, um, you know, where you go during this, all this craziness, when, when's the next time you think you'll fly? Have you flown? Uh, we have no plans to fly. We were going to go to Key West in October, and yeah. we canceled that. Um, we have plans to go to Georgia in January, and we're actually going to drive and not fly. Yeah. Okay. And if things work out, we might actually drive over from Georgia to New Orleans. But so far, flying is not in the picture. And I don't know why exactly, but it's just... I'd rather not drive. I'd rather not fly at this point. So mm-hmm. early on in this pandemic, in April, Christy and I flew out to California to drive back cross-country with Madison and, and Jameson, and uh, there were four people on our flight from Harrisburg to Dulles, and <laughs> they went through the whole spiel. Uh, silver members, any silver members you can board first? <laughs> Gold members, gold members line up. And the four of us are standing around looking at each other. Say, like, come on, man. It's 6.30 in the morning. There's no one in here. What are we doing? <laughs> so maybe that's why I don't. I wouldn't want to fly either. I have to deal with that that, that stuff. Um, you should have tried to get on early, see what they did. <laughs> <laughs> Just walked up and limped. Yeah, I need to be seated first. Yeah. Um, okay. So with the draft, uh, I don't. I think we talked to you a little bit about it. What what is uh what what, what were your thoughts on the draft and and uh, what, what do you think your best and worst selections were? Um, first of all, I'm really glad we did it. Yeah. Um, I did miss the interaction. Um, I would have liked to have seen in hindsight. This is all hindsight. Yeah. 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 A little bit more time. The pick, a minute was, even though people don't take the entire minute, if it, it, it would have been better to, I think, to have more time between picks. Um, on, on the same note, uh, it would have been a better, I think, to take periodic breaks. I don't know where it would have been fair to do that, but um, like, say, a 10-minute break between certain rounds. Um, I found myself uh, scrambling at times. I mean, I'd pick, and then my, I wouldn't pick. I'd stage my picks, and bang, 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 three picks before me, all of them were gone, and then I had to scramble to find something, and I couldn't really do any good analysis. And I would have liked to have time to do that. Uh, I probably was less prepared than I normally am because usually I don't have a lot of time anyway during the draft because I kind of really, really pay attention and keep things going during the in-person draft. Yeah. Um, but I would have liked to seen something like that, you know, maybe a minute and a half a pick so that when it got to the point where I was scrambling to find someone, I had a little bit more time. Um, as far as best picks, worst picks, um, it was kind of weird. Um, at the time, I was upset. I got Starling Marte for my, it was my third pick. I forget what number that would be, 21. Um, 
I had guys staged, ready to go, and they were all picked right before me. Some for some reason, uh, I was going to take Harper with twenty. Okay. And for some reason, Bill took him at twelve, which still baffles my mind. Um, <laughs> and then I wanted Corbin. I didn't think Corbin would go, and 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 uh, the stud took Corbin uh, early. So I was pleased with um, Alonzo at twenty. Okay. Um, I was pleased with, um, I think it was, uh, oh, Yaz. I got Yaz at, uh, I think, 100. Yeah, that's a good pick at 100. It was kind of of funny because one of those snafus happened, and Yaz got on Rick's roster, and he didn't want him. I thought that was funny, and I think I picked him the next pick. Um, Worst pick? At the time, I was not happy with Marte because it was an auto pick because I was scrambling to find someone. But I think that'll work out. Uh, yeah. In hindsight, uh, Fulte was a bad pick. I misread that one entirely. He's not even pitching now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned, uh, oh, I also liked um, Jay Bruce at 181. I thought that was because of the DH, if it wouldn't have been a DH, it would not have been good. But yeah, because he, he can DH and spot in the outfield, I thought that was good. And he, he's hit some home um, runs for you too. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't understand um, the stud pick uh, VR at. Where did he get him? Early on. Who? Because I didn't even think he was going to – I thought he was going to platoon, but it turns out it probably was a pretty good pick because he'll play all the time now. Um, who, who so that's you, pretty much Who were you I talking about of. there? Who was the player you are talking about? Uh, VR from Miami. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I'm looking at your roster now. I mean, you seem to do pretty well, even though you were <laughs> you were scrambling. Uh, I, I guess the one guy that you – I guess I don't know if you have to deal with, but is is Jake Lamb, um, who? <laughs> but you know it's funny. Yeah, he's on my bad list. Yeah, but so, I was scrambling at the time because sure I just figured out how to how to view my roster, <laughs> so I was blindly picking spots just based on what I saw. I didn't realize that I had like no infielders at at pick one hundred. <laughs> so or it may have been one. 40. I don't know which one it was, it's, but I was scrambling to find a third baseman. So I ended up with, uh, Bongoria and, and lamb. Um, lamb was a, was a kind of calculated gamble. I thought maybe he, he'd pan out and he might, but who knows? You know, it's funny. Case and I were talking about him the other day and I, I, I retained him one year and this guy's got all the talent. And then when he gets playing and they give him opportunity. They give Lamb opportunity yeah. after opportunity after, and then other than his like first two years, he really hasn't done anything, like nothing. And and I'm like you too, thinking like, all right, well, this guy's way too talented to be hitting 043. Like it's just a matter of time, and that time never seems to come for Jake Lamb. <laughs> so and then and then when he does start to hit, he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 He's At that point, I was like really scrambling for an infielder, so that that's why that one that one came out. So, but your pitching's real solid, man. I mean, uh, yeah, you, I, typical yeah. of me drafting. I over, overcompensated because I was horrible last year. 
<laughs> and if you look at the patterning of my teams, I go back and forth. Um, so yeah, that's what that's all about. And okay. and I thought I really did a really nice job picking, I picking the starters anyway. Uh, I I made a choice not to try to overload on saves. I just wanted to try to get middle of the pack. I might not make middle of the pack, but at least I'm going to get some. Well, uh, so yeah, that was my thinking there. I really did in those middle rounds. I tried to load up on some some mid-quality starters who were going to get a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, you certainly got that. And I don't know if I don't know if uh, Marquis and Gray are mid-quality. I, I think they're probably really good pitchers. And and you pick. Yeah, them. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm pleased yeah. there with them. And I, I was watching that. Uh, what's his name, Marquis? Yeah. Marquez. Colorado Marquez, Marquez yeah. from Colorado. I was watching him last year, and he really pitched well. So I was kind of surprised he didn't go before he did. And I thought you – correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you picked Lamette from San Diego fairly early. Did yeah, you, I always liked him. Okay. And he pitched really well at the end of the year last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I that was another kind of gamble. And he gets a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, and he's on a winning team. I mean, all your all your pitchers are on winning teams, um, all the starters. So they're going to be in positions to win win baseball games. Which yeah, is, I don't know that I'm not smart. I wasn't really thinking that. Well, I just <laughs> I, I just made an observation. I'm not saying that you, you yeah. were motivated to pick those guys because of that. But yeah, um, we, when you saw the predictions, you were predicted six by CBS, and Jamie and I talked about how it was the math was a uh, little fuzzy. On, on how they came to sixth. Um, but you're currently in first now. Do you think you have a first-place team? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I, it's funny because I'm looking at Fab all these weeks. I'm not finding anything I want to trade out. Uh, so that tells me that what I have is is pretty good. Um, I know my pitching will hold out. I'm not sure... I think my pitching will hold out. Uh, I don't know that I got enough infield offense to uh, maintain the, the 60 games, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jamie and I were talking a little bit before you got on. You, you got a little, you got some guys that are over, overperforming, uh, like Yastrzemski, but you still have Acuna that hasn't gotten hot yet. Right. Yeah, well, I would disagree yeah. with that overperforming for Yastrzemski because oh. I think he's a good player. You think he's a three twenty one hitter? I, well, I don't really care about average. That's not a stat this year. Okay, you think he'll, <laughs> you think he'll lead? He'll be in the top five in runs and RBIs at the end of the year. I think there's a potential. Yeah, I think he 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 showed really good signs last year. Come on, a potential. That means you can at any point you can say I just said there was potential. Do you think he's a top five RBI guy? Oh, probably not. No, okay. <laughs> I've been picking top five. Okay, all right. So that's what I mean. Right now that he's he's up there. I think he's probably overperforming a little bit. I think you could argue that. Okay, well that's yeah. good. I like overperforming. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, hey. Hey, let me, let, yep. let me jump in here. Um, yeah, so Yastrzemski, I was just looking up um, the draft. Um, actually, he was a 14-round 14 14 round pick, so um, I, I think you've gotten a lot out of him for uh, round number 14. Yeah, that, yeah, he was one of my best picks, so far, anyway. 
and I liked it at the time because I really he was um, he was one of the guys I was going to have my eye on. So kind of guy under the radar, you could let him slip. Um, sure. If, if he'd have gone at the end of the draft in a, in a one of our regular drafts, he'd have probably gone for uh, over 150 at the end of the thing. I mean, a guy people yeah. were going to get. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Okay. All right. And then, um, yeah, we know a little bit. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about your nickname. Um, you still having issues with those squirrels? sitting there watching we were watching the Phillies earlier and we were talking about the squirrels uh, the over under for her chasing them was 10 I bet the over and I won <laughs> <laughs> and she actually admitted last last week I think that the squirrels have won <laughs> they're just playing out the string now the chief makes of it. they barely move when she chases them <laughs> Really? They sun themselves in the deck when they're not actually eating. So they they come and uh, and hang out. Well, even when there's no food and they're not eating. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually should have named the team the Tenacious Squirrels because they don't give up. <laughs> they eat a lot, but they they don't give up either. Are you feeding them? Are you feeding these things? She's eating. They're eating the uh, bird food. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, she's feeding them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Don't even try to make it to this because you can't. Yeah, and and you you guys, are, are are you watching the Phillies on a regular basis? Yeah, we had them on today. It's between games. There's another game coming on. Yeah, that might explain your drinking. Yes, but Be- we have been watching them. God we watch them all the time. Bless, Matt. They're boring. That's a boring team to watch. Would you say that or no? <laughs> Are, are why you, do you say that? Why do I say that? Yeah, that's a boring... Because they hit home runs or they do nothing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a boring team to watch. I, I can't... I can't... I, I watch I watch four innings plus a, a game or and I, I just can't do it anymore. But I'll, 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 I'll buckle down and watch a little bit of the second game. But I, I find it frustrating to watch that team. Yeah. Well, you can watch uh, Spencer Howard the next game. Yeah, that's right. Have you ever seen him pitch? Did he pitch in Reading? No. Okay. No. All right. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know the last time they had a highly touted pitcher other than Nola that produced beyond one year that they that they drafted. Brett Myers had a couple good years. Hamels had a couple good years. But, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, they're not as boring as the Pirates, which I've watched as well. That team's really that team's really boring. Um, I was thinking. I was thinking earlier. Um, I think your teams are better off letting people like the the Mets and the Marlins and whoever develop or uh, bring these good pitchers up. Wait till they get hurt or don't get hurt, and then sign them after the, the, you know they're stable. So I think <laughs> bringing young pitchers through the uh, the organization is 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 not a good thing to do. Wait, yeah. let somebody else do that and pick out the, the the studs when they come up for free agency. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult. That's what the, that's what I think the Reds are doing, and it's gonna maybe it'll pan out for them. Yeah. All right, Jamie, you got anything? Yeah. So um, just let me comment on that when you talk about you know the rides that the Phillies are a boring team to watch. Um, at least the two of you 
actually have a team to watch because I don't think I've, <laughs> I have seen my team since the uh, uh, the league championship series last year. Um, so, you know, be, be thankful. And, and I'm talking about my Cardinals. So, um, yeah, be, be thankful you have a team to, uh, to, to root for. Um, wanted to head into a little bit of Bush League news. And some of this is a little bit dated because we did our show last week, last Sunday, um, before the Fab Run, which came, I guess, came out this Monday. But, you know, as we had all expected, uh, it was kind of Fab Palooza last week. We had uh, 22 winning bids last, last Sunday. And all 10 teams um, were able to pick up um, a free agent. Um, three teams had three players last week. Um, six teams had two, and there was one with one. Um, but uh, Crazy Joe, you uh, you spent $48 on three different picks. Can, can, can you explain that? I what, can't. What I, can't. I think you I... got Kemp, yeah. Scott, and uh, David Bodie. Right. So uh, a couple things. I set... I usually set the guys I want like on Wednesday and I might have four or five out there and then I'll start playing around with it and I'll delete people. I'll, um, I'll lower prices and it's just so I don't forget. And I'm not saying I mm-hmm. forgot. I, I did want to spend that money for, I didn't want to get stuck. I have Raphael Tapia playing for you know, the, the Rockies outfielder. Yeah, me up. Yep. yeah. And Kemp was getting all his at bats and I couldn't get stuck with, Tapia and someone else getting Kemp and then I'm really screwed because there's not really much out there at this point. You know what I mean? So I thought, you know what, Kemp Kemp could be those that player that had he he's had comeback years and and I thought, you know, Colorado's hitting the ball well. They got a good lineup. I'm just going to spend the money for the guy just so I had him. Um and then got got was getting the saves from Watson and if I thought, you know what, if I get got hit if Gabe runs him out there, they're going to probably be close to 500 at least. And then Iglesias gets his saves. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the middle of the pack, if not a little higher, just because I have two good closers. So that was my thinking there. Um, I think Bodie was a guy I probably should have dropped the money on. And I don't, you know, I probably just, I I just didn't do it. So, so yeah. So let's talk about that. Now, now, now this information that I put in here was, through doesn't include last night's game. So um, fifteen dollars on Matt Kemp, uh, three for fifteen with seven strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, David David Bodie eighteen dollars, zero for six with three Ks. Yeah. And Trevor Gott, he d- he did have one save, but that's probably because of the performance of Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> well, yeah, he actually had a save. <laughs> he, you know what's funny? I think he had a save on Sunday Next too. Performance of- yeah. So. Uh, but the guys I, w- I was I got rid of. Um, I'm, I'm looking for my transactions. They, they were dogs, and I, I had to get rid of them. So I mean, gotcha. they're, they're probably better gotcha. than what I had. No worries. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you, they're you better know, than this, what I had. This was just me being able to take shots at you. And you know, now that we have the voracious squirrels online, um, your your two picks last week, uh, I, I guess were really more to kind of fortify. Uh, is that correct? Because you, you got Joey Bart last week, and you got uh, Michael Taylor. And neither one has really done anything. Um, at, I didn't expect Bart to do anything. I would, that was more of a um, right. um, let's see what happens type of pick. Okay. I'm having a hard time getting a catcher. Um, so I kind of like, well, maybe he'll pan out down the line. Uh, Taylor was a mistake. Uh, he's already gone. So, 
Well, as you just pointed out earlier in the podcast, Tom, um, you know, this, this next week, uh, if we can roll forward to last night, well, let me, let me ask you before I, I go through um, the Fab Four this past week, um, why did you guys put in your bids last night um, versus Sunday? Because, you know, last week CBS was all screwed up and they had it on Sunday. Why were you guys um, – why did you have your bids in yesterday? Because I don't think we gave any guidance, and I apologize to all the owners. Um, but uh, let me start with you, Raj. Well, I always start them. I, I have bids in there from Wednesday on. So okay, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, okay. I don't load them in there just on on Saturday. So I always have people in there, and then I adjust it, you know, throughout the week. So yeah, I if it went off Friday night, I would have gotten the same guys. Okay. How about you, Tom? Uh, if it would have lost Friday night, I would have got the same guys. Okay. All right. Mine, Mine are always in early, and then I adjust, kind of like what Raj said. The, the only reason why I asked that is um, I, I got a text from Bill's Boys that said uh, regarding Fab, I, I guess they didn't know when Fab was going off, and uh, they texted me. My first text uh, this morning was that, that they were, quote, confused and del- uh, disillusioned. So <laughs> I, I just... Yeah, I, I wanted to see if that confusion and disillusion was, was, was kind of league-wide. And I had fully intended just to send a reminder text out to everybody to say, hey, I don't know what CBS is doing this year. They're not charging us, so they're pretty much doing what they want. And everybody get your picks in. But um, based upon this week's fab, I, I guess either he didn't get his, his, his bids in or he just didn't win because we had 21 um, – 21 players picked up yesterday um, across eight teams and, and two teams that are desperate, which is uh, the studs and myself picked up 11 of the 21. And I, I'll speak for myself. I, I just have no idea what the hell's going on. I, I had promised myself in the draft that I wasn't going to take more than one or two, two or three players um, for each team, just in case uh, a COVID outbreak and not only did I take four or five Cardinals, but in Fab, I took another one. So I still haven't learned any lessons. <laughs> yeah, so... so, so it did say yesterday that the Fab was going to go off this morning. So it did. Oh, it did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That would have been great if I could have found that. Um, so, you know, I apologize to anybody that didn't know. I would say, as you guys are suggesting, get your Fab bids you know, early throughout the week, so Raj, as you pointed out, so you don't forget, because I, I've done that before, where I start putting in fab picks on Tuesday. By Saturday, I either said, I, this guy's gotten shelled, or I'm changing my bids at the last moment, because I can never decide, and I'm full of angst, and, you know, don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yeah, so uh, the one thing I was going to bring up to you is, you you bought Gavin Lux this week, right? I did. And would you spend ten dollars on them? That's what I think your bid. Yeah, was. you know that's that, that's desperation because you know having you know having five cardinals and and not getting any stats from those positions, sure. and then having only five reserve spots. I just need people to to play. So what do I do? I pick a player that's in the minors. So so go figure. Well, I mean, I I think we would all agree that he's probably not a minor league player. Maybe he is because he's in the minors. But um, he, I mean. I feel like if he got time, he would produce. Do you like Gavin Lux? 
Oh, I love Gavin yeah. Lux. Um, I, you know, um, Dave Roberts you know, doesn't love between, him. <laughs> between, between him and Keston here, I, I think those are going to be two second basemen that are going to be around for a long time in, in the National League. Yeah, which it's still I a bit on Lux, by the way. I did not win. Okay. Okay. You want to tell us how much you bid? Oh, I only bid two bucks. Oh, okay. Well, I'm um, I'm down in the uh, the dollars with uh, with Crazy Joe. So all I'm going to have is dollar and two dollar bids at this point. And if the Cardinals go another week without playing games, um, I will be down. Uh, I will be headless like the Denagonizers. Um, um, that's a team that's kind of in in disarray right now. Um, I did notice that the the, the the squirrels looking at the standings this week. Um, you're, you're pitching. You have 46 and a half pitching points, and I like the point that you made, Tom, about um, just overcompensating for from last year. Because one of the things I, I told myself in this year's draft was that um, last year I had a lot of good pitching, but I didn't have any hitting, and I wasn't going to fall short in hitting. And um, had I had everybody playing, I'd be fine there. But uh, my pitching is, is woeful. <laughs> so yes, I understand op- uh, overcompensating. One of the things uh, I noticed in the past with the draft, with the pitching, is that you really need for the starters, you really need to get in there and take those guys who are not, they're not Scherzer and they're not Strasburg, but the guys who are maybe a, lo- a level down and, and load up on those guys because once you get beneath them, it's, it's hit or miss. So that's kind of what my, my strategy was this time. How in this pandemic year do you have 11 wins? In a normal season, after two weeks, it would be hard to have 11 wins. I mean, we have teams with, you know, there's four teams that have three or under. How did you do that? 11 wins. That's incredible. Well, I got a lot of, lot of, I have a lot of starters, number one. I really don't have, I only have one closer. So that helps. Well, you know, good luck to you, and um, you know you're you're uh, putting a stake in the sand here. That says you're uh, you're an, um, a team to be reckoned with, and we we talked to the um, um, the Hawks last week. They feel pretty confident, um, as does uh, here come the runs. And we're going to talk to uh, Cindy Studs because uh, they were they were uh, dragging along there for a while, but they're they're starting to make some moves. And you know, the fact that they picked up five more players this week. Um, I, I think that they feel that sense of anxiety and starting to uh, starting to press a little bit. So um, we'll see what next week brings. Um, that's really all I have from the fab news, Raj. Um, what about uh, some some baseball news? Let's switch gears for a second. Yeah. So uh, it was reported in CBSSports.com that the commissioner and the players' association. Uh, have come to an agreement about players not following protocols. Remember when, I, when we talked about this last week on on the walkout, and I told I said the commissioner ought to be suspended. The Marlins, <laughs> not Joe Kelly. So uh, it looks like they're what they've agreed is uh, any individual found to be flagrantly violating these protocols, including refusing to wear a face covering after being reminded, can be banned from further participation in 2020 season following a written warning. So that's good in a sense that they're addressing this, right? Baseball is addressing this. It It is kind of funny It's because you know, you're dealing with a union that you get a reminder, then you get a written warning, 
And then if it happens again, you could be banned. You could be banned from further participation in the 2020 season. Of course, they would probably argue that get, you know, that'll take seven days for the union to file a grievance and the freaking season will be over, but at least they're, at least they're dealing with it. Um, yeah, and, and and just to add to that, probably if they were banned, it would be with pay. So that would get them, <laughs> right. you know, that would teach them a lesson. <laughs> right. Yeah, but at least they're dealing with it. it you know, it, it, because I, it, it's prob that's probably what happened. I mean, you, you, there's other teams that don't have any positives at all, and they're, they're probably following the rules. And that's and I I feel like we've heard that numerous times since March. Follow, just follow the rules, and every we should be we should get through this. Um, but yeah, whatever. Uh, and then early surprises, uh, the Marlins, though they lost today, I think, uh, the Marlins are seven to two going. Yeah, they did lose today. So they're seven to three still, uh, a surprise, uh, that they're, they're leading their division and their divisions. It's, it's pretty spotty right now. Uh, the Marlins actually probably have a shot at winning the national league East because the Mets are pretty inconsistent. The Nationals are struggling mightily right now. They they can't find themselves. The Phillies are going to be 500 just because. I mean, they, they, I, I just don't think their hitting is good enough to get on a five- or six-game win streak or, or win seven out of ten. Um, do, do you think the Marlins have a shot here? Um, I, 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 I really don't. Um, I, I think it, it, it's great. Listen, the fact that they had what fifteen or twenty people test positive for COVID, um, and, and and the fact that they were able to, to to find people in their minor league system and bring them up um, and and do what they've done over the last um, week is is great. The, the, I think the problem is is that that will all catch up with you when you start to get into a lot more doubleheaders. Um, I think you had mentioned earlier, Raj, that the Phillies have uh, have quite a number of, of doubleheaders in September. Um, and I think the Marlins are part of that. I, it, it's just hard when you play a lot of doubleheaders. It, it's it's hard to to get a um, winning streak together. It's not impossible. And let's face it, you you really only have to play about 450, 460 uh, percentage baseball to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and especially with with the teams in their division, uh, at the at the very least, they, none of them got off to a really good start, other than Atlanta. Um, uh, you know. The, the Phillies are under 500. Uh, Mets are right under 500, and Washington's a couple games under 500. Um, yeah, and I know over 162 games, this wouldn't even be a conversation, right? If we were in April, this this wouldn't even be a conversation. It would be a footnote. Um, but I don't think those other two. I don't think the Mets and Washington are that good. I know the Phillies aren't. Obviously, the Braves are a good team. A lot of their guys aren't even hitting the ball yet. Um, yeah. So, but it is it is kind of interesting and and kind of fun. Oh to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I like I like it. I, I mean, I like the idea that they're they're out in front, and it, it, like you said, it makes it interesting for because um, everybody expected it to be you know the Nationals and and, and Braves with the Phillies and Mets. Um, at least that's the way I kind of predicted it um, before the season started. So yeah, it it is nice, even though it might be for a uh, short period, but um, it's good good for baseball. It's good just to have it back. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, the other, another surprise is I don't know if it's a surprise, but uh, the Rockies are are ten and three right now as of last night. Um, they're really hitting the ball well. They got Blackman hitting four sixty something right under Donovan Solano. 
um, or four, he's hitting 430-something. Um, what about the Rockies? A little bit of surprise they got off to that hot start? Uh, just like the Marlins, that's a, that's a big surprise for me because, uh, you know, as we had talked about a couple of podcasts ago, I, I thought the Dodgers are far and away the class of, of, of that division. And then I thought you know, the, the next two spots would be between the Diamondbacks and, and the Padres. So I really didn't think that the, the Rockies pitching could, could sustain that. But, uh, you know, Tom has uh, Herman uh, Marquez and, you know, they're, they're riding the race of squirrels luck right now. So, uh, you know, have them keep going. Hey, Tom, are you still with us? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, we're live. Well, we're not live on the air, but we're on the air. I'll make a trade with you right now. I'll give you Michael Lorenzen yeah. for Fultonavich. Because <laughs> Lorenzen, he didn't, he didn't get out of the inning. He gave up a hit and three runs and three walks. Uh, and cost, may, might have cost Sonny Gray that win today. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Fulton Avich if you want Lorenzen. Because I, I can't – I'm done with this guy. I'm going to hang on to Fulton because I think he's coming back. He's going to pitch well. Okay. Well, Lorenzen's here now, and he's not pitching well. So, there's the decision you have to make. Uh, yeah, so uh, Lorenzen, yeah, that guy's – I'm about – what, what do you guys say? Fab alert? He may be out there next week. Um which which brings me to my next my next surprise. We talked about we talked about the Reds, and uh, they got off to a slow start. Of course, Sonny Gray and, and Bauer have had an awesome start. That back end of the bullpen, which I've just talked about ten seconds ago, has been horrible. I mean, just horrible. And if they can get that back end of the bullpen squared away, I I've watched. I think I watched two of the three games against Cleveland. Cincinnati's a good club. I mean, they're starting pitching's good. They keep them in games. I mean, well, Bauer's been actually winning the games. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Have you seen the Reds yet? Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of just about um, every team, again, except for the Cardinals, who haven't been on in, in, in about uh, seven months or eight months. Um, but um, it's interesting that um, you talk about the back end of the bullpen because I noticed that, Tom, one of the players you dropped – last week was Amir Garrett, um, who was supposed to be part of that bullpen. I actually like him. I, and I, I had to drop somebody cause I need, I needed something with, it didn't work out. Um, but I did, I didn't really give up on him. I just needed, because we only have five reserves needed to drop someone. Okay. Otherwise I would have hung on to him. Okay. Yeah. So, so Raj, you, yeah. you, you don't like, uh, I guess, um, you see the back end of the bullpen, you're excluding Iglesias, uh, right, Sal, Iglesias from that and talking no. about everybody else in between the starters? No, Iglesias is, is, has not been performing very well either. Uh, he has a couple saves, but he's he's actually, I, I think him and Lorenzo blew, blew two of the three games that they lost against the Tigers in the opening series. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm including him. And, and he's got a five ERA. Um, which, you know, sometimes that's okay, and you, you can still get saves, but he's blowing saves at the same time. And Lorenzen's ERA is about 11-8 right now. So, yeah, they're, they're back end. Maybe Amir <laughs> Garrett, maybe think about picking him up. He might get some time, you know, in high-leverage high, high situations. So we'll, we'll see. But it is surprising, and, and, you know, we talked about Bauer in the past, that if he performs, that the, the Reds have a real shot here. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think we had talked about, you know, 
surprise teams um, a couple weeks ago, and we, we thought that the Reds could be one of those teams. Um, I, I guess they've kind of surprised that they've kind of been able to piece together their, um, their starting pitching. Um, their offense was supposed to shine, and I guess it's starting to come around um, a little bit, but other than Castellanos, um, I, I don't think their, 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 um, their offense has been has been hitting on all cylinders, let's just say that. No, it hasn't, but they've been in position to win games they should have won if it wasn't for, yeah, the, the back end uh, uh, of the bullpen. But, yeah, I mean, if they get that squared away and, and they start, maybe they just need to start hitting the ball better and outscoring teams. Um, the one <laughs> well, – I, I talked to you earlier before we got on, uh, you know, when I talked about the Pirates, but they're a bad team, man. So they got no, <laughs> they got no shot of being close to five hundred. I think I think they they might have lost again today. Um, yeah, they're they're a bad club. Uh, I think they have three wins. Uh, I think they're three and twelve. Have you seen them? Um, yes. Um, I, again, bits and pieces of a game. I, I saw the. Uh... Oh gosh, I forget who they were playing earlier this week when um, uh, Gregory Gregory Polanco um, yeah. put one into the uh, into the Allegheny. It, it double bounced into the Allegheny, but I, I, yeah, I, I didn't see much there at the beginning of the year with this team. So I, you know, um, I did pick up my fab pick last week with Nick Birdie, and you know, I pick him up for um, oh, a day. I think I got one game out of him before he got hurt. So it's. It, it's just a mess, and I don't think there's much on the way there. Is there in that organization? No. Well, there would be when when they trade Bell. <laughs> There'll be some stuff <laughs> coming back. Hopefully, um, I, I I think him and Polanco are probably the only pieces they got that they could deal and and uh, and and get some young young players in there. Yeah, they did lose today to the Tigers. They're three and thirteen right now. Um, yeah, Oof. yeah. So they, they they've had a tough start. Um, Okay, so we got uh, baseball history, today in baseball history, all right? So uh, these are some things that, that I, I, I found pretty interesting. Uh, today, 1906, uh, Cubs right-hander Jack Taylor, he went the distance, uh, beating, beating Brooklyn um, at Washington Park. That, that victory would be the last of his 187 consecutive complete games. How you like that, Gabe Kapler? <laughs> 187 consecutive complete games. From June of 1901 to August of 06, every game he pitched was a complete game. Pretty you impressive. You know what, Rod? You, could, you couldn't even do that in wiffle ball because I think no. he had to pull you once when Tom took you, uh, like yeah. Tom took you deep. I think you had said, I, I, I can't pitch anymore, you know, and we had to pull you out of that game. That, that's just, that's well, that's a bygone era. I mean, we're lucky if we see two complete games by a pitcher back-to-back. Hey, Tom, did you try to pull me out of a, a game one time when I was pitching? <laughs> that sounds like something I do. I will say, I don't know about that. I will say that no way were you taken out because I was hitting you because I never hit you. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gave up, Tom. I don't think he was taken out. I think he quit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like it. <laughs> sounds more like it, Yeah. Okay, 1976. This is really interesting, too. 1976, John Candelaria, the Candyman, becomes the first Pirate since 1907 to throw a no-hitter in Pittsburgh. 
that whole the whole time in Forbes Field, there was there was not a no hitter pitched. Um, the Candyman beat the Dodgers at Three River Stadium, um, so it's the first time in you know seventy some years that or or yeah whatever seventy years that a no hitter was thrown in Pittsburgh. Um, do you remember John Candelaria? I, I, I do. Big, lanky, left tall, left hander. Um, I'm kind of surprised with, with all the great teams that the Pirates had in the early '70s. Um, that that was the first no hitter. When did Doc Ellis throw his perfect game? He was on the road. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was. You mean the one that he said he did when he was on acid? Yes. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, he was. I guess he was really painting the corners then, wasn't he? <laughs> Maybe he was on acid when he gave up that 587 foot homer to Reggie Jackson in the All Star game, too. Right? <laughs> Remember that thing in Tiger Stadium? <laughs> yeah, that's a great. If you have not seen that YouTube, that's a great clip. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then in 1988, uh, August 9th, 1988, was the first official Major League night game at Wrigley Field. Um, uh, the Cubs beat the Mets six to four. Uh, it was not the it was the first official game the Phillies played the night before, um, but it was rained out in the third inning and they they shut it down and um, they they went and played the next day and that was the first official night game. Do you remember watching that? Do you, do you remember that? I do. I remember being everybody was being excited. There was there was a lot of talk uh, about whether they should install lights at Wrigley Field and you know it was such a hollow ground that type of thing. Um, but I do remember that because I, I want to say that happened, wasn't it midweek and they actually televised the game nationally? I, I think you're right because I think the first night game, the the Phillies game was was early in the week and it must have been a travel day. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was probably on a Wednesday or, or something. And yeah, yeah. I, I remember it. Um, and they don't really play that many night games anymore. Uh, they they basically play day games, but I, I guess during the playoffs, it, it you know they they've they've played the night game. Um, are are you are do you have any thoughts either way about whether they should have put lights in? No, I'm 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 completely fine with that. I mean, it's yeah, I don't care. I, I I guess what I find more offensive is places like Atlanta and Texas that have to get new stadiums after 20 years um, yeah. on the backs of the taxpayers. Um, but I don't have any problems. You know, everything has to move forward just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for the most part, they, they play the – I don't know what the percentage is, but I they play the day games. Um, okay. You, you got anything else before we walk off here? Um, no. I, I mean, we're going to use the walk-off section to, to ask just a couple more questions and – just spent a little, so I'm ready for the uh, I'm ready for the walk off. Go ahead, start off with the car alarm and door locks. Your note there. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't get out much, and and that's by choice. And and, and maybe it's the fact that, that you know I'm an old curmudgeon, but I, I just hate car alarms and the beeping door locks when people leave their cars. I mean, do you, do you have to beep? Does, does it have to beep? Does the car alarm have to go off? And does anybody even pay attention to that anymore? It's just it's just annoying. Yeah, I, I don't think people pay attention to it anymore either. I, I, I think if they come out of their houses to yell at their neighbor to shut the thing off, they, they, they could be 12 people in that car. They'd be like, you know what, as long as you're taking that out of here, go ahead. I don't, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I, I, just, I, almost, I almost want to go and slash their tires, but, you know, it would it require too much effort. So, <laughs> Do you have a car alarm? 
Um, I don't have a car alarm, and when I do actually use the remote to lock the door, it just has that silent little that little beep, not the whole horn going off. Okay. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm just afraid of everything, and loud noises scare me. Maybe that's just it. I've, I've become timid in my old age. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I agree with you. <clears throat> that is a that, – that, that's an annoying sound, and, and when the alarms go off, it's even more annoying, especially when it's in a parking garage. Um, so I'm going to walk off with Aaron Boone, manager of the New York Yankees, and Jordan Montgomery uh, apparently is a starting pitcher for the Yankees, complaining to the umpires and to the press that the Philly fans are annoying them, that they're blowing air horns. I, I guess after the word got out, they had a, they had a drum line outside of Citizens, Lot, Citizens Bank Park. I'm thinking, who are you? Some, yeah, are you some uptight European tennis player that no one could say anything while you're pitching? Get the hell out of here, Air Boone. Just shut up. Now you're going to just make it worse. So uh, that annoyed that annoyed me a little bit that he was saying they're blowing air horns at the time our pitchers throwing. I, come on, man! It, it it could annoy the hitter just as much as it could annoy the pitch. Yeah, that that's a joke to me. Did did you read any of that? I I, I didn't. But imagine imagine once they do have fans in the stands. I mean, they're, they're just going to ride him, you know, um, mercilessly. Yeah. Um, it, I, I I don't understand that. Yeah, that, that that's a complete joke that he would even he would even mention that. Tom, did you read anything on that? I was actually watching the game, and he, when he came out, and the, the 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 commentators on the TV actually reacted like you did, like, yeah, let it bother you. They'll, they'll just keep doing it, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it anyway. They're not even in the stadium; those people. No, they're so. outside on Broad Street. Yeah. So yeah, now they, they were blowing it again today. Nobody seemed to care. Yeah, because, you know what, Raj? The only way it could be any worse, instead of being banging on drums, maybe what they would do is set off car alarms and <laughs> door locks or something like that. Then it would annoy me. But other than that, I would be fine with it. <laughs> that would be annoying. I would agree with Aaron Boone. It's like, all right, boys, you, you got to shut those car alarms off, man. I'm about to jump out this window. <laughs> all right, and we got a happy uh, belated birthday to Bob Kirk. Uh, the Sewer Hawks, right? Uh, 54 today. Yay. Or 54 yeah. yesterday. Yeah. But that's hard to believe. Nice. And, and you, you you got a birthday coming up in three weeks, my friend. I do. And guess where I'm yeah. going? Guess where I'm going for my birthday? Where are you going for your birthday? Now, uh, on. Somewhere on the Eastern Shore. Thank you very much. We're going back to the Eastern Shore. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Yay. And, and I got a final walk-off question for our guest today. Um, uh, Tom, um, first of all, thank you for coming on. Um, I, I think you're kind of like, uh, you and Bill are kind of like the, the, the Jay Leno's before Carson went off. You, you've been the biggest uh, guest host um, or the, the most attended guest host on, on this podcast. But uh, I guess I got to know, it's a Sunday now, and um, um, you're probably going to be done work fairly soon. What are you going to be drinking today? Well, actually, I got called off work because we actually got all most of the New Jersey people restored with electric. So we, I actually did not work today. I worked yesterday. Um, Michelle and I have been drinking since one o'clock when the Philly started. Um, she is drinking seltzers. Oh. Uh, for this uh, for this interview, I have a mint julep. Oh, very nice. Well done. What, what bourbon are you using? Well, I'm using Jim Beam. Okay. All yep. right. Yep. So, <laughs> that, 
Um, my glass is empty. When you guys are done, I'm enjoying listening. Um, enjoy being on. But when you guys are done and I hang up, I'm going to go get probably an envelope. <laughs> hey, r- r- well, we, are, we appreciate you having, on, uh, having you on. Tom, real quick, have you listened to us yet? Now, I'm not uh, – my computer savvy is not at that level, so uh, no, I have not. Okay. So, Rod, here's what we're going to do: so yeah. we're just going to make fun of his. Uh, we're going to make fun of him next week, and then just keep having him on, you know, every other week, and just make fun of him. He'll never know. And then we'll have <laughs> Michelle. We'll have Michelle listen to the podcast, and she'll, she can coach him on, on on what he should say or shouldn't say because we're making fun of him. Or yeah, <laughs> she can actually figure it out. But me, no, I'm uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I could make your database sing and your Unix server sing, but uh, I can't listen to a podcast. <laughs> you couldn't press two buttons on a phone. All right. So, all right, Jamie, you got anything else? No, I don't. Just uh, have a good week, everybody. Stay safe and uh, drink up, fellas. <laughs> all right, champ. I'll see you. All right. Take care, Chief.